has to pay the iron price. The has to pay the iron price. I promise I'll never respect you while he lives. Watch it all come around as I lay on the ground. Chopper's mercy, killing pain to hell. They all think I'm lost, but I know where I'm found. I'm the blood and the north where it all Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast brought to you by Bald Move. We're the officially unofficial podcast for HBO's Game of Thrones. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And tonight we're doing the Instant Take podcast where we just watch the episode and spit the fire about the uh, the Lion and the Rose. Yeah, episode two. Episode two. A lot of shit goes down for an episode two. For an episode two, this was... Uh, wildly exciting i think uh let i'm gonna i'm going to as the book reader take a back seat and just ask <laughs> okay. you uh on a scale of one to rob stark how shocked were you or let's say ned stark because you had that rob spoiled on a scale of one to ned yeah, stark yeah. Okay. how shocked were you that they brought out the death of joffrey uh it was ned stark level of shocked and the way they did it uh i did not see that coming d- despite probably I should have seen that coming. Poisoning is a very common thing in the medieval world. True. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But I didn't see it coming, and so it was very shocking. And it was a character whose death I've been hotly anticipating mm-hmm. for seasons now. I can, I'm, other than Viserys, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a more hated character in the show. I mean, Ramsey, Ramsey uh, Bolton. For me... I yeah. can tell you my my most hated living character now uh-huh. is Melisandre. I oh. hate her. Hate oh. her. Okay. Well, we'll get to that in a bit. Let's 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 stay okay. on, let's explore your thoughts on Joffrey. Um, you were completely unprepared. Com- completely. And yeah, this was at totally. his moment of triumph. I mean, no one, yeah. not even Tywin, because it was in a public situation, could dare check him. And he kind of, uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, talk about that. Were you? Uh, I just basically want you to talk more about the okay. events. I can tell you how I feel about this entire wedding because uh, when Joffrey started in on Tyrion, I thought, okay, he's going to give him another ribbing like he always does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joffrey has a tendency to go overboard and uh, is cruel. I didn't expect him to go as far as he did, though. Because it, it, it was bad. The stuff with the wine and then the stuff when they brought out the other dwarves oh. and – and he told Tyrion to go down there and fight amongst them. It was absolutely disgusting. And if I hadn't been rooting for his death then, uh, or if they hadn't given me his death then, I would have been rooting for it anyway. <laughs> you know, and it's interesting because I thought that him and Sansa did a lot of bonding over this. Like Tyrion and Sansa? Yeah. Yeah. They, they – uh... I mean, she just got to see, I think, how cruel he is. It wasn't just to her, but and, and it, she took a lot of shots in that too. I mean, they mm. really disrespected Rob as long, uh, you know. Sir Loras uh, did not appreciate the jabs at his former lover. Who is Sir Loras? Uh, uh, sorry, the, oh, Cersei's new, soon-to-be husband. Yeah, the, okay, the renowned pillow biter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am surprised they didn't cut any reactions to Brienne, or maybe they did and I missed it. I don't think so, because I would. No. I, I had kind of a debate in the preseason cast with some listeners saying they're like, well, Jeff, Joffrey's going to die in episode two. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, surely it's going to be like four or five. It was surprising how early it happened. But, yeah, the Double Ds don't give a fuck. They are mm. just 
tearing through the material. And that's why it was so effective to me and so surprising because I wasn't expecting it. I would have I would have expected something like this in a season like an episode 8 for yeah, the season. Right. Like this is a big event. Uh and something that I think a lot of the fans have been wanting to see as well. Uh I certainly enjoyed the final shot with him uh, of the scene with him uh <laughs> just red-eyed, bleeding from the nose, puking I, his guts up. I tell, and it his, looks horrifying. His death was brutal. Oh and, yeah, and his like I don't know how they did it. Probably CG or maybe contact, but they had his eyes looking in two different directions. Oh yeah, and you know it's like he was turning purple before our eyes, and blood coming out of every orifice in his head. Yeah, and I really just thought he was choking at first. I was like, oh, Jamie or somebody's going to have to run over here and save him. That was not the case. He just straight up died. It's interesting that you did uh, jump right to poison. Why do you think – I mean, what if he did just choke? I thought – so what I thought was happening there is after all of his grandiose uh, torturing of Tyrion, he was going to be knocked down a peg mm. by choking on a stupid cake. So it's kind of like uh, the Fifth Element style. What do you mean? You know where uh, the when when the Zorg choked in front of Bilbo? Oh yeah, <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. Sure, Gary Oldman. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just like that, I thought well, Commissioner they were Gordon just... was choking in front of Bilbo <laughs> Bilbo Baggins, and Bilbo had to, you know, yeah, uh, give him a tracheotomy of sting. I thought that is what was going to happen here, and they were just knocking him down. Uh, well, they knocked him down and out. Mm. I didn't expect it. Uh. So I'm going to ask you for some some implications or how this rearranges hmm. the Game of Thrones in the okay. full cast. Because it's not fair to just ask you up front. <laughs> we're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away. And I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live.
Uh, Melisandre. Ugh. You hate her. Ugh. Go. I hate her, A, because she's magic. I don't really like magic. Okay. Uh, a, a couple of boring spots in this episode for me. One being Melisandre stuff. The other being uh, brand stuff. I don't like... Burning at the stake. Boring. Not boring. Just stuff that I'm not interested in. I don't care about your gods. I don't care about your sacrifices to them. I don't care about your shadow babies. Like... All of that stuff can be left out of Game of Thrones, in my opinion. I like the swords. I like the politics. I like that kind of stuff. All right. Real world stuff. But this magic stuff, eh, not so much. So I hate her for that reason. I also hate her because she is – she's got to be the most smug, arrogant, close-minded character I've seen in this entire series. And that's saying a lot in <laughs> Game of Thrones. Okay. She doesn't listen to reason whatsoever. She's dead set on her – on pleasing her gods, who we have no idea what they want, she just tells us what they want and does it. It does seem like I, she's I really got. Like it her. does seem like she's got. Uh, I mean, she burnt the leeches, and all these kings are dead now. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I, I mean, maybe the gods are giving her power to control Westeros. She but... had a shadow crawl out of her twat. Uh-huh. I mean, I, it, it's. I'm not saying her magic is not real, right? And that she has reason to be confident. I'm, okay, just, I'm saying just saying I don't like characters who sure, sure. act that way. And okay. Joffrey was one of them. Yep. Uh, even though he was clearly not powerful, um, mm-hmm. other than his title, uh, and Melisandre is the other. And I, God, I don't like either of them. I'm glad one of them's dead. What do you think of her conversation with uh, Stannis's daughter, whose name is Shireen? Um, it felt like she was trying to justify her her actions a little bit um because the daughter was questioning them Mm. like oh i heard the people screaming and and stuff like that i forget the second half of that conversation though i don't remember exactly what it was i something about the good the light god and the dark god and like the hell isn't the only hell or something like that with the hell the the i guess the uh the in the lord of light religion there is no hell except for the one we live in the earth which okay. this episode i thought did a ample job of describing uh between last episode and this episode of, of why westeros is a hell um especially now that uh, you know say what you will about joffrey but the realm at you know if you're a, a one of those small folk the realm at peace is probably your preference and him dying yeah. is you know who? Like I said, I'm going to ask you about this in the full cast, but I do want to speculate on who might have done this. All right, let me let me hear you. It seems do you like think it's Tyrion. Uh, fuck no, I don't <laughs> think it's Tyrion. And and it would be he was holding the cup, <laughs> right? He had the means, the motive, the opportunity. Yeah. So obviously, the genius Cersei thinks, oh, it's Tyrion. Um, no, it's not Tyrion. There's no way it's Tyrion. Um, it seems to me like it's Oberyn. He he gave that menacing speech Oberyn, to. Yeah to Tyrion last episode about uh, repaying debts and then here here we have it the king is dead now and i think that is punishment to Tywin taking out his grandson the king it it just feels like that's a likely scenario also i'm i'm curious though because when the fool comes up to Sansa and says hey you need to get out of here now or you won't get out of here alive that's also interesting, and I don't know who his who he's allied with, like his allegiances. I don't know where, like if he was the one to produce the poison, I don't know where that would be coming from. Hmm. Possibly, um, what is the queen's name? God, I don't remember. It starts with an M. Marjorie? Marjorie. Possibly her 
mother or grandmother, whoever the older lady is. The Queen of Thorns. Queen of Thorns. Lady yeah. Olena. Exactly. Maybe her? I don't know. There are several candidates for sure. There's not just one person who might want him dead. Indeed. Uh, quality speculating there, Jim. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else do we, we need to talk about? Uh, I got to say, I love the scene between Oberon and Tywin. Like, that was oh, yeah. a verbal sword fight. Yep. Between you, two formidable guys. Between two highly formidable, skilled players. Uh, who won? Oh, man. Maybe Oberyn. Yeah, I was going to. I was surprising to myself giving the card to Tywin. Like, I was scoring it, you know, and I'm like, he's going to win like on a 10 9 uh, split decision. Yeah. But that last thing about where he, you know, he, he shut Cersei and. And that he was fighting two on one, too, because uh, his paramour, Miss mm-hmm. Sand. It's uh, bastard. Yeah, it wasn't. wasn't uh, wasn't offering up a lot of, of of assistance to him, other than looking down on the Westeros custom of looking down on bastards. Yeah, uh, but I thought when he brought it around at the end and said, you know, some places are different. Some some look down on on the the, the great ones look down on the small, and, and others hold murdering innocent women and children as a as distasteful. It's yeah. a good thing your daughter is with the latter. <laughs> Zing. So it's like, yeah, remind you know, reminding them all that he's got their daughter hostage. Yeah. And his you know, Tywin, your granddaughter's hostage, and uh I'm better than you and mm-hmm. your shit you may shit gold, but it stinks. I thought it sure. was an impressive, impressive performance. Yeah, there's also a lot in this episode about shitting gold, but I think Tywin knows they're not actually shitting gold. I mean, he's not super concerned about it because he tells uh, Lady Elena that he's not super concerned yeah, about it. That's exactly uh, that's that quote. I think, I'm not super concerned. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so he tells her that, but there's a lot in this episode about the troubles with money that they're having, I think. Yeah, the Iron Bank of Bravos uh, wanting their due. I mean, yeah. you don't get a name like the Iron Bank uh, <laughs> for lenient lending policies. And that is, I don't know about at the end of this episode, but during the wedding at least, that is still Tyrion's responsibility, right? He's master, He's master of, coin, of coin, as okay. far as we know. Uh, of course, it seems like uh, his new office is going to be one of the black <laughs> cells going forward. Yeah, Ned Stark's old cell. Ned Stark's old residence. Uh do in these in these uh, podcasts do we consider next time on Game of Thrones spoilers? I would, yeah, you would. Okay, because on HBO the Go they don't show those at all. Right, right. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, and you're 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 not. You're, that's 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 my turf. Stay out of my territory, Jim. Okay. Um, the other speaking of okay, yeah, go ahead. I, I wanted to talk about one more face off while we're on Tywin and uh, Oberyn. Right. There's another face off between uh, Cersei's soon to be husband. Whose name I still can't remember, even though you said Loris. it. Loris, Loris, and Jamie in this episode about you know basically who loves Cersei more, who's mm. going to get Cersei in the end, and I think I think Loris won that battle as well because Jamie didn't have a response. He didn't. He didn't. And Loris took off looking triumphant. So where do you see that going? I feel like Jamie. Uh, this guy might try to marry Cersei anyway. Loris might. And then Jamie's going to have to deal with him. 
I don't know, unless there's also some love triangle stuff developing between Brienne and Cersei and Jamie. So Yeah, let's okay. We talked feels about like that it. in the last podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I shared my feelings. I'm kind of a, a, a light Brienne Jamie shipper. Um it, it's a lot of nuance to that relationship. Yeah. Did you take Brienne's face at the end of being like shocked and like you crazy lady or oh god I've been caught I've been found out um I, I don't feel like she she thought she was found out but I don't know it seems like maybe she doesn't even realize that she has a thing for Jamie at this point is that possible I it's possible. I got to take my hat off to <laughs> Gwendolyn Christie because I think she oh, gave the equivalent yeah. of a mildly interesting performance. Like if you, if you tend to believe that her and Jamie have something, even on a subconscious mm. level, and I'm one of those that I don't think they understand it. There's some kind of attraction. It might not be physical. It might not be. A, it might not even be sexual or romantic, but there is some sort of attraction there. Then you can see that as concern that you know she's she's caught or or i don't even know how i'm feeling you could take mm-hmm. it as this lady be crazy <laughs> and i need to extract extract myself from here delicately yeah uh there's so many ways you could take it because she just basically stared into the camera yeah but it wasn't just staring into the camera i mean i've seen people stare into the camera yeah walking dead people stare in the camera all the time because they don't know what the fuck to do <laughs> but they're just staring they're the just camera. staring at the camera this is staring with purpose yeah there's something going on there's behind some, her eyes and in the eyes and i think yeah. it's i think it's part of the direction and uh uh you know alex grave uh graves um a veteran of, of many things including many episodes of game of thrones does a very good job there's actually a, a couple of very puzzling edits i thought that we'll talk to okay I've almost forgotten everything that happened with the Boltons because the last yeah, yeah. episode was such an impression. I completely forgot that we saw a woman get torn apart by hounds. We did, yeah. While that she was hunted for sport. Um, I don't know what that scene was about at all. Okay. I mean, uh, does it just show more of Ramsey's sinister streak, his cruelty, his... Well, I mean, they're doing... I don't know, man. They're doing, they're doing the demonstration of how far Ramsey is broken. Mm-hmm. You know, how far, you know, contrasting him and Rob and the Stark children hunting in the woods of Winterfell versus hmm. him hunting with the his fellow bastard, uh, Bolton. Uh, but, you know, again, I thought he did a very good staring performance uh, at the end and the shaving scene. And, hmm. yeah. um, you know, I, that's another thing I want to ask you this to speculate on in the full cast. Uh, I just want to make mention of it, but that was a really strong scene too, but it just completely got eclipsed by the stuff that came later. I'm think that yeah. I felt like there was one other thing I wanted to talk about, but on the other hand, it did feel like we got pretty good coverage. How about Bron and, uh, Bron teaching there you Jamie go. to there you go. fight again? Well, how about it? How about it? I love it. I mean, I've always wanted to see more of Jamie's sword skills because we don't get a lot of that in the series. We just hear about it. Right. Uh, and if he can get back to, even a shadow of what he was with his other hand, I'll be impressed. Yeah. And I think Braun's a good guy to do it. Right. I mean, I was thinking, I was trying, while I was watching that scene, I was like, okay, what am I supposed to be getting here is the fact that Braun is clearly kind of toying with him and just kicking his ass up and down the practice floor. But on the other hand, it seems like, you know, Jamie doesn't, it's not like he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. It's just, 
that hand is completely untrained. He, in his arrogance, has never bothered to, you know, like he said, a good sword fighter is is is, is decent with both hands. Like he's never done that. He's been yeah. so naturally gifted from such a young age and such a prodigy that he's never bothered to round out his skills. But I don't think he was just being embarrassed. It's not like, you know, Braun disarmed. I, I don't. I, but I don't know. I mean. Braun's in a tricky position too because Jamie's mm. a proud man. If he just completely humiliates him yeah. and beats him the shit out of him every single time, you wonder how much of that Jamie can take. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a Will Smith's kid and Mr. Miyagi situation here, <laughs> where you kind of have to teach him a lesson and humiliate him a little bit, right? So that he learns that lesson, so he can get softened up to 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 be able to be taught, right? Yeah, but then you don't want to. You don't want to push him past his breaking point, even with a blunted sword <laughs> or an unedged sword. So, uh, I I thought it felt to me like Jamie here is very, like you said, he's a very proud person. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he hates feeling this helpless after having been such a good swordsman. He doesn't like being helpless, and and he also doesn't, I think, like learning from this person who's not a nobleman or or is now, I guess, but right. wasn't at one point, right? Uh, and speaking of his feeling helpless, I really liked his performance at the end where Joffrey was dying and him, you know, the, the, mm. the boy's father and mother both hovered over him, <laughs> which would be kind of a natural touching scene, but no one knows except for those two. And he clearly, you know, he already is talking about how can I, how can I protect the King? I don't have this hand now. How can, huh. you know, what happens now? So. What did you think of the episode, just as from an enjoyment as a viewer uh, aspect? Um, <clears throat> I really like the stuff with Ramsey and his father and Theon. Uh, love the stuff at the wedding. All of the wedding was just great. Mm-hmm. The stuff in the middle, um, kind of the magical stuff, the stuff with Bran and the stuff with Melisandre, doesn't really interest me. So... Well, I don't have you know, that. I don't. I don't have that weakness. So I thought it was an yeah. incredibly strong episode, start to finish, and sure. breathtaking season uh, episode two for the season. If they had pulled Bran and Melisandre out and replaced it with Danny, hundred <laughs> percent, this episode is amazing. Didn't even make it over to. I, you know, we pretty no. much stayed on the co- continent of Westeros, and except for a few breaks in the early going, uh, stayed at the at at the. Uh, uh, they call this the Purple Wedding. The purple? Why? I don't of, know. Because of his face turning purple I at the end? I think that might be. I just You asked me that, and as, soon, as the words are half out, I'm like, shit, I don't know why they call it the purple wedding. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I was, well, I, I was like, is there some kind of – because in, in the books, it takes uh, place in this big hall, and I always imagine it being darker and kind of you know oh. lit by torchlight. And the fact it was out in broad daylight, I thought was an interesting choice, yeah. but, but a good one. Um, but I was, I, was, I was thinking, oh, shit, were there like – purple drapes on the wall was joffrey wearing purple why but you're you're probably right it was his uh uh, his face i don't know maybe someone more steeped in the internet side of the lore can can let me know for for the uh uh, full cast which i think we're done i'm not going to ask you about uh uh brand plugging into the weirwood (laughs) weirwood weirwood.net (laughs) <laughs> um, we'll save that for the, we'll save that for the. Couldn't full even cast. get a dot com for that. <laughs> no, no, it was taken. Yeah, to be fair, it was taken. Um, so we that's it. Unless you got something else to say, no, I'm good. If you'd like to send us full uh, feedback for our full cast that comes out uh, Tuesday night, 
do so at Game of Thrones at baldmove.com. Of course, you can always uh, dr- interact with us directly on facebook.com slash baldmove. And Jim holds down Twitter at baldmove. That's all we got. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back Tuesday with our full coverage for Game of Thrones and Mad Men. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Good night. You have to pay the iron price. You have to pay the iron price. I'll never respect you while he lives. Watch it all come around as I lay on the ground. Joffrey's thirsty, ill and pain to hound. They all think I'm lost, but I know where I'm found. I'm the blood and the north when it all comes down. My word is my bond, and my bond is my word. Follow the Harris, all men must serve. See, as the raven flies, and time slips by. Follow my bullets, all men must